0: Drink it in, man. Touchdown for Twitch Lions. Corn Cornbread! Corn Corn Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool Aid Drinkers, what's going on, everybody? Let me fill up your glass real quick. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. (laughs) We are back right here on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast, and it's not only the podcast is back; the Detroit Lions are back off their bye week, ready to play some ball, ready to get healthy, ready to start getting some dub skis, some victories. Lots to talk about. Um, Got a lot of feedback from you guys last week. You really seem to enjoy the positive spin that I put on everything where everyone else is doom and gloom. Everybody's talking about everything that's going wrong right now rather than seeing the bigger picture, talking positive and looking at what this team is um, heading towards. You also like the reverse rant and the energy i brought and i even kept that show pretty short it was about 30 some minutes i know that's always a nice sweet spot if you're driving to work hitting the gym whatever it may be so appreciate all that always get great shout outs i love it when people are just like hey this made me laugh or good point here love that argument with chops um you know we always have some great feedback across the board but uh I, I kind of want to do the same thing this week. I mean, I kind of want to talk about some of these bye week adjustments that uh, Dan freaking Campbell um, is making for his football team. Some injury updates. I want to kind of give you guys, I want to give you the big picture. I want to give you the rebuild plan, the status, where we're at. Kind of like a, I don't know, we'll have a board me, maybe a status report. Where all this thing is headed, not just this moment, not just what happened last week, not just what happened two, three weeks. Where are they going? What's what's this thing going to look like? Where, where are they at in the progress report? What's the stat? What, what's our what's our project completion rate at this point for this rebuild of the Detroit Lions? We'll get into that. You guys have also been loving the Twitterverse, the Twitter machine shout outs. The scuttlebutt, the uh, pointing out of things that I see on the old uh, on the old Twitter. There, you guys can find me at Derek Oakery. So, I've got some people to talk about, some praise to give, maybe some people to knock out, knock, uh, you know, knock a little bit for some things I saw out there. Who, who knows what we might get into in that segment? But I know you guys love when I'm shouting out listeners, Kool Aid drinkers, takes things i see so trying to spend a little bit more time on that each week and then to end the show we'll do the dallas preview <laughs> you guys know you, you've heard of them the dallas cowboys kind of like the one of the nfl's favorite franchise one of the teams that they give all the breaks to one of the teams that no matter what their record is and the fact they haven't won a playoff game and who knows how long. They won a championship probably since me and many of you have been alive. But they still put them on prime time all day every day. They still talk about these guys like they're the greatest team ever. They've been winning some ball games, but the Lions travel to Jerry World, which we do almost every year. Kind of like when the Lions every year were going to Arizona. You know how that goes. NFL schedule is crazy. But uh, we'll get into that to end the show, along with my score and how's it going down prediction to end the show. So uh, let's not mess around. Let's do this. Let's get into it. Let's talk about bye week adjustments. I mean, let's just start off with some injury updates. You might as well. Jury Jacobs. And the reason I call him Jury is because when you look at his game, you look at his attitude, you look at how fun this guy is, you look at the swagger, you look at his ability to play football. It just sounds like you would come up to him and be like, what up, jury? Let's go. J-U-U-U-R-R-R-R-Y-Y-Y. Jury Jacobs. Looks like he might be back in a Lions uniform. Dan Campbell said he is doing well. He said that he loves his work ethic. He says you can put jury right on the football field because he gives you immediate impact on special teams as well as can play the outside corner and they said they've even been dabbling with him in the slot nickel type position i think this type of guy where you don't like wait around you know sometimes like a guy will be ready and i'll give him another week or two and then he's out there i feel like jury the minute he's ready they're like go play go play big dog and i think he'll do that i think you'd see him this week you know to be honest Josh Pascal, the rookie, taking in the second round, pick 46 overall. The people that everyone's just going crazy about because they haven't seen this cat yet. He's uh, had two good weeks, I think it is, kind of getting ready, getting going. Dan Campbell's been encouraged, as he often says, with that. Pascal's the type of guy I could see waiting another week just because of his injury as well as a guy that they really probably want to debut At his best, if he can go, I think he gives that inside pass rush and it's going to make an impact. I think people will be pleasantly surprised when they see Josh Pascal on the football field. He's a very hard worker, inside-outside rush player, physical, all the things that uh, we are looking for. Um, Gosh, let's just go down a couple more. We got ARSB, or as cops deemed him on the show which i thought was funny so he ran with it and turned it into something or i want to give a shout out to my boy wagner nick wagner was texting me the other day and he was like man i'm loving the pie like this style like that but he's like i think it should be saint breezy (laughs) with which goes back to some of the funny nicknames me and him and others would make back in our heyday watching sports and laughing together. So St. Breezy's not bad. I, I mean, I kind of like some things about it. Um, so so we got three that we might go with with, with St. Brown there. Um, he, he says his ankle's feeling better. He is the kind of player, again, that's going to go out there, you know, almost every time. I was really surprised he even missed the one game. He wasn't very effective the last game he was out there, but a week off, I would think this guy's going to pick back up where he left off, which is Jared Goff <laughs> getting him the football early often all the time and ARSB doing things, scoring touchdowns, making plays. I think um, you know, it's going to be fun to see that again, especially in Dallas. You know, against some of their corners, I think he's gonna he's gonna do some work. DeAndre Swift he'll be back. I don't wanna hear about how Swift doesn't practice this week. I don't wanna hear about late in the week, ah, you know, I don't know if he's right yet. We might wait another week. No. Get out there, three two, and do what you did those first couple ball games where you were playing, because you make a big impact on this current Lions team, on their ability to win. And you also helped me in fantasy football because I think it got you in four, five, six. Who knows how many leagues that I'm doing. Swift shows up in my lineup quite a bit. So I'd like him to play football again. That would be nice. But I, I assume you'd be back ready to roll, which would be fun to watch. Here, here's a semi-rant that I got. I'll throw out here. The Kamish. You guys know who that is, right? John Kaminsky. Here's the rant kaminsky and the kamish is a horrible nickname someone needs to explain this to me because kamish and kaminsky are are there's no way that you heard kaminsky and you thought "Oh, we should call this guy the kamish that makes sense i mean does he do something that's kamish worthy uh, is there some other name i mean Kaminsky-Kamish. It's it's, it's not good. So I don't know if that was a Dan Campbell nickname that he was given. I like the player. (laughs) I like John Kaminsky uh, hustle. I like what he gave us those first couple games, eating up blocks, letting Aiden Hutchinson get Get after people. You know how he does. Just creeping. Creeping on quarterbacks because you have to unleash – Hutch. Unleash Hutch. I'm ready to unleash Hutch. Exactly. That's about to happen again. So, John Kaminsky, I hope, plays. The Kamish is a terrible nickname in this scenario. But I hope you can get out there and help this defense because we need it badly. Um, Let's see here. Dan Campbell said he's going to like change practice i mean we're talking about practice i mean i mean not not a not a game not a game not a game not a game we we're sitting here talking about practice man i mean how silly is that we're talking about practice not a game not a game we're talking about practice practice man i mean how silly is that (laughs) I got to get that in when I can, but uh, Dan Campbell was like, oh, we got to start practicing like we were in training camp, and maybe I haven't been doing the right thing by sort of easing back, or no one-on-ones, or no good versus good, whatever he said. It was kind of like, well, kind of your thing, Dan Campbell, is you're the head coach, so kind of on you to get these guys ready, so... I know you're learning on the job. I know you're figuring some things out. And I support you. I'm in full support of Dan freaking Campbell. But he's got to find the right mix, man. When to push these guys. When to get them out there. What to do. What not to do. Because you got to have your boys ready to go. Injuries. No injuries. Whatever. I still think we're going to see a nice return in the end of the season. I still think the next few games are rocky. More on that later. But, He's got to find that right mix and can't just be the fun coach where he lets everybody watch a movie every day like the old substitute teacher. He's got to he's got to get after some people and make them work and also maybe make them make them hate him at times to get the type of results that you need on this team. But he says he's going to tweak practice. We'll we'll see what he does. MCDC, do your thing, get them ready to go. And then the last update that just came out a little bit before we got recording here. Levi You guys know who he is, right? The nickname that's fading quickly. A.K.A. Big Denim. (laughs) You guys know who this guy is, right? Big old defensive tackle. Levi Onzerike from Washington. Took in the second round in the high 40s um, selection there in the NFL draft. We ain't got a damn thing out this guy. Barely played last year. When he was out there, you didn't notice him. He says he wasn't healthy. Shows up this year. Has a couple interviews. Does maybe a couple practices in training camp. You never see him. Here we are, week six, week seven, week eight. This guy's nowhere to be found. Dan Campbell's frustrated. The fan base is frustrated. And now, Levi, as I will refer to him here in this rant, has had back surgery. Levi is done for the season. Well, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I put out a tweet just saying... If this is the way to get this right and get this over with, then I don't mind it being done right now. My fear is you'll do this. You'll hear the comeback story of "Man, I'm in the best shape of my life. Man, I feel great. Man, I I just needed to get rid of that. I needed that surgery and now I'm ready to roll." And, and then he gets hurt again, and then his his season and possibly career is over. So, Levi, prove me wrong. Earn the nickname Get your back right. Get back in 2023 and start killing quarterbacks and blowing bleep up, I think is what you said when you got drafted. Because I haven't seen anything except you sitting over there on the sideline with the denim cast, the denim vest, denim in your denim jeans way too long. You probably got a denim blanket over there when you're sleeping, when you should be practicing or playing on Sundays. A lot of denim is going on, but nothing... Um, no, no big denim to the games. No, no big denim making plays for the Detroit lions. So that's kind of where they're at. I mean, when you talk about bi-week adjustments to me, what I think they're going to do, to be honest, they're going to have hard practice this week, really get these guys ramped up. They know Dallas is a good defense. They're getting their quarterback back. They got some offensive skill guys. I mean, They know it's a good football team, but they also are kind of trying to do the nameless faces where, hey, they're good, everyone's good, we'll show up, see what happens. They're going to have to get production from some of their top-end players. They're going to have to tighten up that defense quite a bit, which is going to fall on Aaron Glenn this week. Not only getting those guys right, but getting guys in the positions that they need to be and also starting to get more out of these young cats, you know? It's your two here, and like we need to see if he make plays. We need Hefe to be better out there at corner than he's been here in the last couple. We need the defensive line get after people. Like I don't know this guy. Come on, Hutch. You don't have to get a sack every play, but just just get back to what you were doing when I had the sign week one. You you know what it was? Unleash Hutch, <laughs> Backley. We need to do that. And I think they're they're getting a bit healthier. They're refreshed. They're going to come in here with a game plan. I Don't be surprised if Dan Campbell pulls out some craziness. You know, everyone's frustrated with the fourth down plays. Don't be surprised if he pulls a few, couple trick plays out of his bag or does some things that are unconventional to try to steal a game here on the road. <clears throat> but I think the game plan needs to be right. Players need to be right. Coaches need to be on them. They need to have these guys ramped up coming off this bye week, not only for this week, but for this whole final stretch of this season as they slowly get healthier, but they also have to get better. That's the key as well. All right, let's do this before we get our commercial break in. Let's talk big picture. Let's do that progress report. Let's do that uh, project manager status uh, report that we got to do on these Detroit Lions and this rebuild. Hey, here's my thing. All these people on the radio other podcasts. Everyone's like, we're barely into year two of a rebuild. And they're just, they want to critique the general manager top to bottom. They want the coach gone. They're already saying, wow, you missed on all these top selections. Oh, should you have taken Jamison Williams? Like, what's this? Is this rebuild off to a bad start? Like, this is... This is consistently what happens, man. The overreaction theater. Now, I know people don't want to hear, be patient, wait around a little bit longer. But when you do a rebuild correctly, let's say we're going to rebuild your house. I can't I can't build with the damn first and foremost, shout out to my mom who's out there helping with Habitat for Humanity. She can't build either, but she's a great helper and she's doing some great great things for um, you know, the the less fortunate the habitat uh, community company as a whole. And also just um, with her faith, you know, her faith has led her and my stepdad and others to help in habitat for humanity. So that's awesome. So she can't hammer or saw or do anything, but she's doing a great job out there helping building homes, which is really cool to see. So let's, let's say we're going to build a habitat house. Are you going to judge what the house is before the frames even go up? Basically, after they pour the first bit of concrete? Or are you going to let everything kind of build itself up and by like mid to later in the project? You be like, man, we got a nice house going right here. This is well put together. This is looking good. I mean, that's where we're at with this Lions rebuild, man barely the foundation and barely the walls are going up and people want to already bulldoze this thing or they want to act like, oh, you built it crooked or it's not going to stand up when the weather comes. Like, calm down, man. Seriously, we're only barely at the beginning of year two. There's like 10 more football games in the season to go. So uh, my quick analysis of it is the the major picks, the top picks that we've had so far through bad homes for the most part are quality top end dare I say elite football players I'm talking about Hutch I'm talking about JMO I'm talking about Penne Sewell you know then, then you go into these other players it's like you know Amon Ra in the fourth round, Rodrigo. That that was the live version. Everybody, here's the drop. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, live version, drop version. Rodrigo, can't tell the difference, can you? So it's, it's incredible. Love that drop. Um, you know Rodrigo's been great. Like some of these other players coming along. You got some guys in the pipeline that are just learning the game, getting themselves stronger, ready to go. Um, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if James Mitchell ends up being pretty good. Who knows if the kid out of Jackson State is going to show up once he gets, you know, up to speed at the NFL level. You know, you have guys like Iffy. You know, you've got guys, which I'm losing a little faith in, like Derek Barnes. You got Kirby out there still. So, you know, when I talk major picks, though, it's really just those first rounders and then those high second rounders. So, The first rounders from Brad Holmes, Pene, Sewell, J-Mo, and Hutch. Love all three of those guys. Here's where the problem and here's where the overreaction comes. Second and third round players. These should be starters. These should be dynamic, quality players, especially in the high second round. But I feel you can find... Great quality at yeah, great prices in the third round. So Brad Holmes, again, this is off the top of my head. Levi, I mean, gosh, I probably have sound bites so I can do with these. Levi so far. <clears throat> Levi maybe for the rest of his career. <clears throat> Levi going to play anytime soon. Nope, nope, nope. Um, You know, then this year he takes Josh Pascal. To me, Josh Pascal is this. He's a hit, man. I like the player. I think he's going to be good. I think he might be. Incredible. That is incredible. You got him at forty six. I like that pick. Then you go in the third round. What would they get the first year under Brad Holmes? They got they got Iffy in the third round with that with that one pick. And they got Aleem McNeil. Two athletes, two guys that are barely getting in their second season. I feel like Aleem McNeil has disappointed me a little bit when it comes to flashing and pass rush and dynamic, you know, he just is a plugger at this point, but they've moved him to three tech a little bit. They got bugs. They're going to take the double teams, hopefully. So show me something Aleem. Show me those, those twinkle toes, those feet that honey buns got over there. And then, and then if he was, everyone loved him last year. I mean, he's out there in green Bay playing a great corner until he pulled his hammy or his hip or whatever that was. Now they got him at safety. You barely seen the guy. So let him get back out on the football field and start doing things, and I know uh, availability is the best ability. So, yes, he needs to be out there playing. But those second, third rounders are still, you know, very, you know doable. Pascal, iffy. Um, oh, you, know, you got Kirby in there, and it's and a lean. You know, to, to me, it's those three could turn out to be nice players. So just calm down a little bit we're still getting through this thing to, to me 2023 is the big year i mean you have two first round picks oh yeah you should be able to nail those and if you don't get your act together those could both be high your pick could be real high hopefully not but if it does hey that'd be great i love bryce young um and then your second first round pick could be real high, too, because the Rams are an absolute mess on the offensive line. Matt Stafford's playing like garbage. He's hurting me in fantasy football, and they just seem to maybe not have it together. might be a dip for them, and then they come back in 2023 as well, which I think would be great for number nine to win his ring and then help the Lions by absolutely tanking the rest of this year. Uh, that may occur. So, you know, they get those picks. They'll have more money. They can actually hopefully attract some free agents. That's something they need to do better on under Holmes and Campbell. Um, I think the roster is really going to come together nicely uh, at the end of this year, into this offseason, through that draft. And then 2023, 2024, then I'll allow you to judge it. I mean, that's your 3-4. I'm not trying to tell you it's a five, eight-year plan, just hang tight in year 7. No. Next year and the year after that, you can really get on and judge these football players and, and see where where this roster is at as a whole. But big picture, plan. Coming together, adding in the trenches, adding at premier positions like wide receiver, got yourself a young corner, got yourself some young defensive players, probably need to add some defensive lines, linebackers, maybe a dynamic safety. Those are the type of things that'll get you over the hump, I think, moving forward. I think Brad Holmes will do that. I, I like what he's done. So everybody, just calm down. See the big picture. Don't let these people try to tell you the rebuild's all wrong early on, but also, Don't put up with the same old, you know, four years down the road trying to drink a bunch of Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. If it's not going right by then, we'll know if Dan Campbell can coach worth a damn, if Brad Holmes really does have an eye for talent when he's the guy making the call. And I think both those guys do have that, but it still needs time to come together. Got to get healthy. Need a few more bodies on defense especially, and then away we go. So speaking of a way we go, everybody, we need to get our commercial sponsors, our great sponsors in here. Appreciate you checking them out. I also always try to give a quick shout out to a couple other people this year again, or this week again, I'll just highlight fantasy football fellowship, Bryce Johnson down there in North Carolina, doing some big things, um, always you know talk at fantasy football but always putting a great faith spin on it i love what he's doing hard working guy very talented guy has a lot of great people working with him as well and uh, just uh, really enjoy his content hits my email hits my twitter um hit youtube all the things where he's on it's just tremendous and then again i've been keeping up with the guys at pff all 22 fantasy football Ray Cotto and company doing big things, tweaking their platform, putting it out there. I'm trying to get my championship here in year two in the league I'm in. Appreciate all the guys that jumped in there and been doing that. I'm 5-1. and one. I'm feeling good. Put together a nice 53-man roster, just like I think Brad Holmes has done for the Lions um, when you talk big pitchers. So, everybody, check them out. Check out our sponsors here at the break. And when I come back, I'm giving Twitter shouts. I'm talking about what's going on online. And we're doing the Dallas Cowboy Lions preview when we get back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Alright Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? We are back from the commercial break. Thank you so much for the sponsors as I always say. Let's jump right into it and get into what's going on on the old Twitter machine. The first guy I put on here for shoutouts is Mustafa1077. You guys know who he is. JP1077 or as he was formerly known, jp One Zero. Seven seven eight four two six nine four two one fifty eight seventy whatever his handle was. So I made fun of him on the show for this ridiculously long at JP with a bunch of numbers. He's changed it to Mustafa ten seventy seven, which is much tighter. Appreciate it. it's got a lion shouting there. I, I love that. This guy's always repping the lions. Sharing our tweets, liking my stuff, um, just a real good diehard fan, which I always respect. So Mustafa, shout out, man, appreciate you a lot. The next guy I put on my list, I got a little bit of a homework assignment for the people and for for this guy too, and that's Skip Shelton. Always repping the Lions down there in the ATL. Skip, um, the last few years, man, he just he kind of disappears for a while. I gotta admit. Where like you won't hear from him. And then he just comes out of the woodwork with a funny tweet or reply to something I said. But Skip has been known. I mean this guy loves the Carusos. And if you guys don't know what that is. It's an old bit from Jay Moore when he used to do the Jim Rome show. Which I love the Jim Rome show. Uh, Jay Moore's is just always funny when he was on there. And the Caruso was, David Caruso would be, I don't even remember, gosh, like Hawaii, I don't remember the whole name of the show, but anyway, he would always end those episodes with like a funny pun, and then they would play the music. So, Skip, I apologize, it's been a crazy few days and week, I couldn't come up with a great one, so I'm going to give you and the listeners an assignment to come up with some Carusos and send them my way. And what's a Caruso, you ask? It's, you have to start it with, well, and then someone's name. So here we'll do, well, skip. And then you, you put, you always say, I guess you could say, so it goes, well, skip. I guess you could say. And then you have to, like, put in a funny pun that ends with, like, a big punchline. You know what I mean? It's, gosh, I don't even have an old goodie I don't think I could give you. Like, you know... Let me think here. I guess if I just just throw one out, it would be from like a simple one. It would be like, well, Skip, I guess you could say this week in Dallas, Jared's about to go golf. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the beginning I guess you could say ending it with something big and then I will drop the music on you if you do it horribly I will make fun of you normally people don't hit the Caruso's right I gotta correct them but Skip that's for you man hopefully you and others will hit me with some some of these this week Everybody send those to at Derek Ocree on Twitter. Hit my DMs, whatever you got to do. Or hit the, hit up the Kool-Aid hotline. You guys haven't been bringing the lumber. You haven't been making me laugh enough on there. You haven't been ain't having any call-ins. Lots of texts. Lots of texts I've been sending with you guys. But I uh, need some more calls. So skip did that and i also want to shout skip out because he hit me with a funny charlie v tweet you guys know what that is i was saying about the best shape of my life i'm ready to go i'm ready to, this is gonna be a great season for me he said that was he sent in an article that that was uh, what charlie villanueva said for the pistons um back in the day you remember him him and uh Gosh, what was our other big signing, uh, you know, two guys the the Pistons went out and paid big money for? Charlie, as we used to call him. And, uh, you know, gosh, I can't think of the other player right off the top of my head here. But um, Charlie V was just an abomination in a Pistons uniform. So um, that, that made me laugh as well. So skip. Don't don't hide, man. Don't disappear. Keep bringing that stuff. All right, I got, I got more people to shout out. I'm gonna do rapid fire here. This is a unique one, but I talked about him on the show. You guys know who he is, Matt Derry from Locked On Lions. I mean, gosh, I, I just love the way this guy the uh, the way he does his show every single day. He's doing Locked On Lions. He's funny. He's informative. Yeah, he's hard on them sometimes, but I I really like his approach. Uh, just the way he goes about it. He has that incredible radio voice or radio delivery as well love what matt dairy was always doing on pistons broadcast back in the day and his content's always quality so uh, shout out to matt dairy personal friends uh very good friends i believe with my friend rainy from uh from back in the high school and college days so rainy and her uh, husband and kids them Matt dairy hang out which i think is awesome i'll have to try to do meet up with all these guys i'd love to see rain and uh matt dairy's just the man for his lines content no question next guy i got here i want to shout out from from twitterverse kp From Real Deal Sports Talk. You guys have heard him here on this podcast. We're hoping to get together again and and drop some knowledge and do another show together when our schedules line up. But, uh, yeah, man, he's always putting out good content. Go check out his shows, some of the things he's doing. He's got a different approach, kind of talks all different types of sports over there with KP. Another guy that made my list here for this week, Gary Luke. I mean, gosh, I always say it. I've said it on multiple people here, but repping, man, repping the Lions, repping Michigan football. Respect, I love to see it, man. Gary's always putting out great stuff out there online. I talked about this guy the last couple shows, and I'm bringing him up again. Brian Ives, man, he was live in person for that Patriots game. Sent me a couple videos where he was talking some junk, talking some mess, throwing a little smack down on some of the Patriots faithful out there. Before the game, I didn't see any post-game content from Brian Uh, (laughs) but uh, he was definitely having fun repping those Lions and uh, was trying to get us a dub ski there in Foxborough that obviously did not work out but uh, Brian's a great dude man and uh, appreciate him always um, listening and he shares the show a lot which anytime you guys can do a retweet share from me that just helps get the word out say man you gotta check out this guy talking Lions football he's got some guests got some some funny takes I mean always appreciate that the other thing that's funny are some of these follows that i get some of them i can't mention here on the show because it's the bots it's the you know what's out there where they're giving me these random follows for no reason i mean get that junk out of here right but i did get one that i thought was solid i don't know much about this at all but danny sullivan music gave me a follow and i usually check and see if you're a a bot or some fake account or this was 20,000 plus Twitter followers for the Danny Sullivan music. So I assuming he's a Lions Michigan faithful. Might have heard me somewhere. And I appreciate the follow, my guy. Uh, let's see here. We got Parker Johnston made the quick shouts here. And again, another guy that's always supportive. He seems to kind of like some different things across the sports gamut that I put out, whether it's Red Wings, Pistons, Lions, all types of stuff like that. Always repping the teens, the football content. Checked out his Twitter profile one time, and it says Lions Die Hard, which you know you're going to get a follow back from me if that's what it says. You got a Lions photo, you got some Lions content on your little Twitter bio. Yep, definitely going to hit you up if you got that, because that's a uh, great guy. Drink that Detroit Kool Aid there, Parker. Drink it in, man. Uh... Side of cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. I made it a double for you. Um, and then the last guy I want to shout out here is Larry, Team Larry, more specifically, who beat me down in the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy Fantasy League. Yes, everyone, that's two L's for me in a row. Um, you know, to one one to Kyle. You know, Kyle repping the wrong side over there with his team from down south. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. I mean, he vanquished me last week, but I mean, my college team vanquished is. Ohio State is vanquished! So I, I still think I got the good end of that deal. But Team Larry vanquished me as well. Not a good week. Good work to you, Larry, out there. Keep bringing it. I probably pretty much know I'm going to see both you boys in the playoffs. And that's really when it matters in fantasy football. So we're all having a bunch of fun still in the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League. If you love fantasy football, the Lions, and this show, hit me up and we'll uh, see if we can sneak you in if if somebody drops out next year. We've been rolling it for a few years now, and it's a good time. So that's what I got. Let's get into this Dallas preview. I know you guys want to hear how I think this ball game's going down, what I'm circling, what I what I consider. Again no no direct knock on any shows any personalities out there but i try not to bore you to death with going down like wikipedia line by line on on what's going on with this game i don't read off rosters i don't give you a bunch of stats that uh, everybody else has access to i give you my thoughts i give you my opinion i try to entertain you i try to get some hot takes in there and i try to speak passionately as a Detroit Lions diehard Detroit Kool Aid drinker was it? Which is it? A term of endearment? People. Some people come after me and like act like I'm. It's a negative thing. No, it's it's great. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Uh... I mean, gosh, you're drinking it in now. Imagine when this team gets rolling, and starts winning, and winning playoff games and more. Oh my goodness. Oh baby. Oh baby. Or we can go to this one. Hopefully, when A.O. makes a pick here pretty soon. Oh baby. <laughs> um but uh, so so Dallas I, I did the bit off the front but it's true man gosh they get so many primetime games man Jerry Jared Jones is everywhere man they get talked about a lot for never winning a damn thing it's uh it's absolutely crazy to me i mean i i actually like the glitz the glamour the pub because you know if it's not your team who do you want to see the big names the big personalities the you know the quality players whatever sport it may be you know i like watching the best of the best but the dallas cowboys have just been like pubbed up to be the best or like always saying well watch out for dallas oh man look at all these stars they have the only star they got is in the middle of their football field recently i mean they don't want anything Had a bunch of names that haven't done anything a bunch of a bunch of pub that hasn't turned in anything if you ask me so the nfl loves them jared jones makes billions i get it they got a beautiful stadium but psh, come on, man. That's what I got to say about that, about all these uh, Cowboys fans acting like they got rings the last, you know, two, three decades. Because they don't. You won a couple way back in the day. Congratulations. Um, you know, again, I, I'm hoping my guy Chuck Dog, a.k.a. Chuck the Magazine, is listening. Because this is his squad, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I tried to tell him. I tried to help him out. We weren't able to get our schedules together and keep doing fantasy shows. We did one. And I told him that Zeke is washed. I told him that Tony Pollard is electric. I still believe both those comments, and I think it's been proven true. Zeke's bumbling and mumbling for 50 yards, and he might fall in the end zone here or there, but he doesn't have it anymore. He's got a big bank account and a big goofy haircut and a big stomach these days because he's just been eating his way out of the league. But, I mean, this guy's not a top-quality running back. He's a ho-hum, middle-of-the-road running back when it comes to the NFL. But Tony Pollard, man, every time he catches the ball, he looks like he's in fast forward and Zeke's in slow-mo. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's happening over there in Dallas. You cannot want to admit it, Chuck. You can tell me about Zeke's hurt. He's this. He's doing that. He's pass protection. Oh, great. You have a $15 million pass protector on third down. Congratulations, buddy. Hope you like that uh, when you're sitting at home again in the playoff race. Now, they are, what, 4-1, 5-2, whatever. Whatever it is now, who cares, but they were able to get some dub skis with Cooper Rush, I don't know how you did that, but you did, probably because of your defense, and uh, you kind of just managed through some games against some bad opponents, I mean, again, slap yourself on the back if you want to, of course, I'm not going to play the old you know poor us comment, but Dak just happens to get healthy coming here when the Lions come visit. I mean, I would have loved a shot at Cooper Rush if I was the Lions. But uh, Dak will be in the saddle, pun intended, for the Cowboys. And I like Dak a lot. It's another argument that me and Chuck often have. He can't stand Dak. Man, every mistake Dak makes, he's got to hold him, you know, to the stake. And I'm like, this is not only a great football player. The reason I love Dak Prescott so much the hell of a human being man this is the kind of guy you want as your quarterback hard worker says everything right does everything right shows up galvanizes his teammates can throw the football can run it a little bit athletic but a pocket passer Love this player from top to bottom. And so I realize he's he's been up, he's been down. He's been up and down sometimes. But gosh, it's a franchise quarterback if you ask me. Chuck just wants to throw this guy out with the bathwater. He makes a couple picks or two mistakes. Doesn't realize he's putting up three fitty and three tugs most times in the games that I seem to watch with some rushing yards as well. Hopefully he doesn't do that this week. But like their quarterback. I like CeeDee Lamb a lot. I mean, gosh, every time I see see. See, C. CD Lamb, all I think is, God, that guy's freaking skinny. <laughs> like, he's a hell of an athlete and a swaggy player, but he just looks ultra thin in his uniform. I mean, go get a sandwich, bro. Maybe two It, it wouldn't kill you at this point, but uh, I love his talent. He still has not become the all everything big time wideout that I think he hopefully can and will be. Not this week. I'd love him to get two catches for, you know, 12 yards would be nice. But uh, CeeDee Lamb's a ball player, no doubt. Michael Gallup's a guy that I wanted in that draft. When when that came around, I thought Gallup was a sneaky steal at the wide receiver position. I think Dallas has done a really nice job in the draft. If you go back the last 8, 10 years, they beefed up O-line. They added all these linebackers, which some have done decent for time and have washed out. You know, they obviously have Parsons and Lawrence off the edge. I mean, those guys have been good selections. So... You know, they don't have any real big dub skis and wins to show for it, but I feel like they've been churning out talent from the NFL draft, getting late picks too, you know, hitting on those first few rounds. It's been good stuff. So that's enough talking about the Cowboys, talking about those guys down there in Jarrah country. Let's talk about the Lions, but let, let's do a little debate real quick. And that's the Micah Parsons versus Penae Sewell debate. I heard a couple people talking about this. I really didn't even think about it, to be honest, because I was just so damn happy that we took Pene Sewell. I mean, I was sprinting that card to the podium. I wasn't hemming and hawing about, oh, we could have took this player. Oh, this guy was still around. This is all that hindsight garbage where people want to... You know, now Micah Parsons is an absolute beast. He has no off-the-field issues. He can run side on his sideline. He he crushes the quarterback on every play. He's unblockable, basically. And so now people are thinking, well, if it was me, I would have taken Parsons with that selection at 7-over. No, you wouldn't. Don't give me that. I mean, there were a lot of questions about Micah Parsons. Yes, everyone knew he was a big physical talent, but nobody was clamoring for him at 7 you know, the big debate in that draft was, would the Bengals take Penay Sewell or Jamar Chase? They took Jamar Chase, who's an absolute stud as well. And Penny Sewell fortunately fell to the Detroit Lions. So when it comes down to this debate, I mean, if you're talking about right now, if I had to just say, would I like Penny Sewell or would I rather have Parsons on my D? I mean, gosh, I'll be honest with you. I'd probably rather have Parsons on my defense playing linebacker, edge, creating havoc all over the football field, but that's no slight at all on Penny Sewell. I mean, this guy is a, Penny Sewell to me is a gold jacket guy. I mean, he was so damn young coming to the league. He's a great right tackle, basically graded out the best in the league. O-line to me is much more important than a rush linebacker in the grand scheme of things. But if you just put player to player at this moment, Parsons is the more dynamic player. Now, Penny Sewell, whether you'll end up playing left and being a stud left tackle, like that's obviously invaluable for any team that's priceless. So that would bump him up. But gosh, I love everything about Penny Sewell from his nastiness to his physicality, to his youth, to the the way he has a great head on his shoulders. He grew up kind of in a football home. Like, that was a slam dunk pick, man. So don't give me this, oh, we should have taken Parsons over Sewell. I knew it way back in the day. You're just talking about right this moment. And if we're looking at long term, I still think Penny Sewell is going to be the more valuable, better football player over the longevity of his career than Micah Parsons will be. Yeah, you heard that here first. So there you go. Penny Sewell for the Lions. Given to me. I'll keep him here for over a decade and be real happy with it. For the Lions in this football game, again, we're not going to break down X's and O's or get too into it. Like It comes down as simple as this for me. Jared Goff has to play great again. DeAndre Swizzle has got a ball and be on the football field and get a heavy amount of work in the run in the pass game. I'm on rah. or here you go, Wagner. I'll give it to you again. St. Breezy's got to get busy in this game. <laughs> I feel like he's got to catch slants. He's got to catch overs. He's got to be a factor in the red zone. Hopefully find the end zone. Get 8-10 footballs in his hands. I'm looking for him to have a big game. How about this guy maybe showing up again? T. J. Pocketson. <laughs> Um, you know he can't have one game that disappear for three, four, and show up again or play ho hum. This guy's got to be a helpful player to get us W's. The other impactful pieces is that old line of ours. I would expect Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, and Penne to be out there doing their thing. That right guard has been kind of a a tough one, but again, you should be more than able to get by and bully people with four good offensive linemen up there and and they all seem to be pretty healthy at this point point. and then when you look at the defensive side of the ball it comes down to rush it comes down to 97 he's due for another good game the cowboys offensive line is always kind of hit it's always kind of shaky at this point they're decent they're better. They do they get a rookie who's doing some nice things. I thought he'd be kind of a project player. But I think you can man up Mr. Hutchinson and get some pressures, some sacks, some TFLs, some impactful plays, even if he doesn't get those stats. Get some impactful plays to to help your team win this football game. And then I feel like I just need really I need better linebacker play. Anzalone, Barnes, you know, even the secondary guys, you know, that are out there. Like, they just have to be better. So, you got to be able to run, tackle, and blitz from that position. The Lions do need to invest at some point, which don't listen to 97 won the ticket with a and Anderson. You guys know that guy, right? Okay, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy right there that for the last eight to ten years has said draft a linebacker every time with a first-round pick. I mean, what kind of team would we have? Even, even if he just wants one and then he would get off of it, you can't just always value linebackers. They're not that valuable in today's game. But the Lions have done the the other side. You can't totally ignore it either. Like in second, third, fourth round, you should be able to find a stud that can call all your defense and run and make tackles and get after the quarterback. And we have not done that in, gosh, nearly a decade plus. We haven't had a good, solid linebacker that can make plays. So I get it. But uh, those guys are going to have to step up. I feel like our corners – safeties too have been a little bit of a mess with no Tracy so you're you're trying to mismatch or mix and match Kirby with you know Iffy, with Elliot with some of these other young cats or on un, un, you know Juju Hughes these guys that haven't really shown they can do it so you know that's important as well but I'm, I'm circling backers and defensive line to get after how about how about a sack for for Twinkles how about how about how about a Lee McNeil throw a quarterback to the ground or just squash him with that big belly that he's got. That would be nice. So I think if if, if even a majority of those guys in, in positions I just named play well, I think this is winnable. This is one of those road games where, like, if you're just from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, Cowboys will probably beat the Lions. But Lions are going to have a burr under their saddle. They're coming there. Indoor football games, even if there's 100,000 or 80,000, 90, however many they put in Jarrah Stadium, um, it's it's not a tough place to play. You know, it's indoors. The crowd's not that crazy. I've been there in person, and it's winnable. You can go there and get this Dubsky. So you're talking about a score prediction or how this one's going down? I mean, I got another nail-biter. I got another close football game. I also have a lot more points on the board again. So I'm going to go with 34 for the Lions. 31 for those Dallas Cowboys. That's a dub. That's three-point dub. And it's going to be, here's what's going to go down. There's going to be some crazy call in this football game that makes no sense or turns the tide of the game. But it's actually going to benefit the Lions for once. We're going to get a call. We're going to get something that helps our football team. And we are going to win this game. On a late touchdown, and here's the real kicker. Then the defense is going to have to go out there and make a stop to really end it, and they're actually going to do it. They're going to either make a turnover or stop them short or whatever it ends up being, and they're going to win this game on defense at the end. I don't, I don't think they're going to play great throughout the game on defense, but they're going to come up with a final drive, a final play for a big Dubsky in Big Dallas, in Big D. A big ski in Big D. For the Detroit Lions. So everybody, that's all I got. I'll catch you next week, right here, on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Care okay, everybody. I'm out. Pack the bags, start the this game is over. It is over. What a- Drink it in, man.